parenting. It's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hello, and welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I'm so glad you're here. You are listening to my holiday survival series for parents. Last week's episode was on self-care. And how can we build in more self-care as parents? And what is the lens through which we need to look at all of our to-do items and our life so that we can feel good about how we're showing up, even when things kind of get chaotic around us? So go back and listen to that episode if you haven't yet, because I feel like self-care is really the cornerstone that we build the rest of all of this around. But the holidays can be so fun, so magical, and also they can feel so stressful. And so I wanted to empower you with some tips and strategies that you can use to do the holidays this year with less stress and more joy. Because as we all know, parents can take on so much during this busy season. And toward that end, I created an amazing free resource for you this holiday season. It's called the Holiday Survival Guide for Parents, and it has everything you need to tackle even the most stressful holiday situations. It talks about how to navigate gatherings with relatives who might not parent the same way that you do. It talks about how to deal with holiday meltdowns, how to prepare your child and set your child up for success. You are going to want a copy of this guide. You can get your copy totally free at raisedresilient.com forward slash holiday. Okay. So in today's episode, I am talking about how to help our kids connect with and ultimately express feelings of gratitude. It can feel so important for parents to have your child say thank you to you and to the people around them that are helping make their life better. And this tends to come up a lot around the holidays because we are often doing gift exchanges with friends and extended family. And the last thing we want is for our child to be given a gift And then to not say thank you, to either freeze up with shy feelings or to just refuse. That feels so bad as a parent. So I want to talk today about why we as parents feel so much pressure for our kids to say thank you in these moments. And then what do we do? How do we actually help our child connect with and then express feelings of gratitude? So I want to just acknowledge that it does feel really important to us that our child says thank you especially when we are around extended family or in public. Why does this feel so important to us? Why are we so invested in our child saying thank you? Well, first there's the obvious piece. Saying thank you is polite, and it's a way to acknowledge somebody doing something kind for us. But then also, I think we feel invested in this because we were expected to always say please and thank you as kids. And because we were expected to do this, even if we felt shy, even if we felt uncomfortable, and even if we felt maybe disappointed in the gift that we got. And from that, we internalized this belief that good kids always say thank you. Think about that for a moment. What do you feel in your body when you hear that? Does it feel true for you? 
For so many of us, it is a deeply rooted unconscious belief that good kids always say thank you, no matter what. We might not even consciously realize that we believe it, but then when our kids don't say thank you, we get triggered, right? That little part of us that hadn't yet connected with the feeling of gratitude, but still had to say thank you, we had to make that part of us really small because it got us into trouble. It moved us out of our parents' good graces. And as I've mentioned on this podcast many times, our kids are wired to seek connection with us. Our kids are wired to have our approval and be in our good graces. And so it's really, really adaptive for a child to sort of minimize the parts of themselves that get them into trouble. So for us as kids, most of us quieted those voices that said, but I don't feel comfortable. I feel really shy. I don't know this person that well. I don't really like this gift. And we shut down that part of ourselves or made it really small. And now when our child doesn't say thank you immediately, we get triggered. That little part of us is screaming at us saying, make it stop. This isn't safe. You've got to make this kid say thank you at all costs. We might start to feel really uncomfortable and we might even feel pulled to punish. We've got to get our child to say thank you. It doesn't matter how, but it's got to happen. We start to go down the parenting rabbit hole. We hear narratives like, I'm clearly raising an ungrateful child. My child will never grow up to be a good person if they can't even say thank you. My child is too shy to say thank you. Does he have a problem? So we're invested in our child saying thank you. And we start to equate our child saying the words thank you with them feeling gratitude. We start to talk about how we just want our child to be more grateful, right? But here's the thing, saying thank you on command is not the same thing as feeling gratitude and forcing your child to say those words doesn't make them feel grateful. So we can't force gratitude. It's a feeling just like any other feeling. It doesn't work that way. It's a lot like the remorse that's required for a real apology. We can't force a child to apologize and expect them to also connect with real remorse on our command, right? It doesn't work that way. Similarly, we can't force a child to feel gratitude. We can't make anyone feel anything. So then what can we do? Well, first we have to shift our mindset from trying to force our child to express gratitude on command to thinking about how can I help my child notice and connect with the moments where they are already feeling gratitude? How can I help my child recognize and tap into gratitude as a feeling? Once we make that mindset shift, then there absolutely are things we can do to support our kids in developing feelings of gratitude. So I'm going to share five tips to help your child start to recognize, connect with, and yes, eventually also express feelings of gratitude. And then once I share these tips, I'm going to answer the question that I feel like is probably on all of your minds, which is, What in the world do we do when we're in a situation, maybe at a gift exchange, and our child freezes up or refuses and doesn't say thank you? So I'm going to address that. But first, here are five tips to help your child recognize and connect with the feelings of gratitude that they are already having. So the first one is to stop forcing your child to say thank you on command. Kids experience this as pressure, not as a way to better connect with the feelings in their body. 
And equally importantly, it doesn't do what we think it's going to do. In these moments, we're often asking our child to say words absent a real feeling, which can be confusing when it comes to helping them connect with what real gratitude feels like. So I know you're probably wondering what to do. And like I said, I'll get to that in just a little bit. But for now, we're going to start with the idea that we're going to stop forcing our kids to say thank you in these situations where we're expecting them to say thank you. I know that's hard. I know that's going to make you tolerate some discomfort. As we talked about in the beginning, it's really triggering when your child doesn't say thank you to you or especially to someone else. So this is going to be a time when you're going to regulate yourself. You're going to take deep breaths. You're going to use mantras. I have a good kid who's having a tough time saying thank you right now but you're not going to force your child. Say thank you. Go say thank you to grandma. We're going to stop doing that. That's the first step to helping your child actually connect with real gratitude. The second thing we can do to help our child recognize and connect with feelings of gratitude is to model expressing gratitude yourself. So you're going to take moments where you're actually feeling grateful for something and you're going to express that out loud. Now, in order for this to work, you actually need to be experiencing gratitude as a feeling. I think so often, largely based on how we were raised, we feel like we need to make a list of, well, I'm grateful for this, and I'm grateful for this, and I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for this because at least I don't have it as bad as so-and-so over here. Here's the thing. That's not gratitude. Just because you, quote-unquote, should feel something doesn't mean that you do. You might be feeling sad about a situation in your life, and you might be saying to yourself, well, at least I have it this good. I don't have it as bad as this other person, so I should be grateful. Okay, take all the shoulds away. And what do you actually feel in your body gratitude for? This is a really powerful exercise to lift your mood very quickly, is to actually connect with feelings of gratitude. An easy way to do this is to look at your child, look at a pet, somebody that you really love, your partner, and just for a moment, enjoy that feeling of the love that you have for them. That's gratitude. You're grateful for the love that you have for this person, for this pet. That's an easy way to tap into gratitude. But what else can you actually connect with feelings of gratitude for? So for example, You might be feeling really grateful for your holiday decorations. They might make you feel happy and cozy. And so can you verbalize that in front of your child? I just love our holiday decorations. They make me feel so cozy. I'm grateful for them. Or maybe you're snuggled up on the couch with your child watching a movie. You're feeling so cozy and good about the fact that you're getting to spend this time with your child. Can you verbalize that? I love spending time with you. It makes me feel so warm and happy. I'm so grateful that I get to watch this movie with you right now. Anytime that you are feeling that gratitude around your child, take the opportunity to verbalize it. You know, maybe you're coming home from getting groceries and it's pouring outside. Maybe you have a garage. Can you say, I'm really grateful for the fact that we have a garage right now and we don't have to get our groceries out in the rain. It doesn't have to be anything specific. There is no barometer for what qualifies as something to feel grateful for. You might be feeling grateful for the fact that you have two legs that work and allow you to walk. If you don't have that, maybe you're feeling grateful for something else, but it's not about 
something that you should or shouldn't feel grateful for. It's about actually connecting with that feeling of gratitude in your body and then sharing that out loud with your child. And then as you do this more around your child, you can get curious. You can say, I wonder, are there things you feel grateful for? And then see what your child shares with you. And then similarly, in addition to modeling, expressing gratitude around your child, can you actually model expressing gratitude toward your child as well? So you might do this when your child does things that are helpful or that you want to see more of. So for example, you might say, thank you so much for clearing your dinner plate. That's so helpful. Or you might say, thank you for coming for a walk with me. I'm so grateful for your company. Just like how modeling repair helps our child have a schema for eventually initiating and participating in genuine repair themselves, when you actively express gratitude toward your child, your child will then have a schema for doing that themselves and they will begin to initiate that on their own. So that's the second tip. The third tip is kind of related to modeling your own expressions of gratitude. And that is that when your child is expressing gratitude, when your child says thank you, can you notice and label that for your child? Most kids will start to express gratitude as they see you doing that. So for example, your child might say, thank you, mommy, or thank you, daddy, when you bring them a snack. And so in that moment, you can of course say, oh, you're welcome. And then you might also add, you're feeling grateful that I brought you a snack. I'm happy to do that. I'm so glad to be helpful. So you're just connecting those dots and closing the loop for your child. And I promise you, the more genuine expressions of gratitude that you model, the more you are going to see this from your child. So the other day I was walking home with my kids from school, which is sort of a new thing. We've been walking with our kids to school from the very beginning, but they were taking the bus home. And then the bus was getting home super, super late because they don't have enough drivers. And so I felt bad for my kids getting home sometimes as late as five o'clock in the evening. And I felt like that just wasn't okay. So I started walking to get them every day as a rule which is great for them. And actually, I really enjoy the time too, but it's a mile and a half there and a mile and a half back. So instead of ending my day around 4.15, I'm now ending my day at three to walk and get them. And again, I enjoy it, but it's not nothing to chop an hour and 15 minutes off of my day when I already feel like I don't have enough time. And of course, I don't say this to my kids, but my oldest actually noticed the other day and we were walking home from school and he said to me, he's like, you know what, mommy? I want to tell you something. He's like, I really appreciate you walking to get us every day. I never told you that before, but it really means a lot to me. I swear that is a quote from my eight-year-old. And I was just floored. I was like, wow, like he really noticed my effort. He recognized that this was a thing that I'm doing for them. And of course I enjoy it too, but there is some cost to it. And he recognized that. And he acknowledged that and he was grateful for that and he expressed it. And I said, oh, you're grateful that I'm spending my time coming to get you in the afternoon so that you don't have to ride the bus. And he was like, yeah. I said, oh, I'm so grateful for this time with you too. And you're so welcome. I'm happy to do it. But that moment was a perfect example of a natural and genuine expression of gratitude that wouldn't exist if my child hadn't been able to connect with those 
feelings. He shared that because he felt it, not because I said, hey, now say thank you because I'm spending my time walking to get you every day from school. So the more we get out of their way, just like with apologies, there are so many parallels here, but the more we get out of their way, the more we model, the more they will be able to actually connect with those feelings and share them with us. The fourth tip is to start a family gratitude ritual. This is something that is so powerful because you all participate in it together. We actually do this most nights at dinner. I wish it was every night, but there are some nights where my five-year-old in particular is just way more invested in a game of would you rather. But for the most part, this is something we do every night at dinner. And so what we do, we just go around the table and everyone shares something that they're feeling grateful for in that moment. There are no rules. If everyone's feeling grateful for the same thing, that's fine. There's no pressure to say something different than the person next to you or different than you did yesterday. The only rule is that it's something you're actually feeling grateful for. And this gives kids no pressure moments to connect with the feeling of gratitude. So this is something you can do at dinner if it works for you. You can do it on the ride to school if that's easier. You can make a little ritual of doing this in the morning when you wake up. There are no right or wrong ways to do this, but it can be so helpful to actually build in a ritual of expressing gratitude together. Now, the fifth tip applies to when you know that your child is going to be in a situation where they're going to be getting a gift, maybe a birthday or a holiday celebration. If you know that your child is going to be in a situation where they will be most likely getting a gift, you can prepare them ahead of time. So the first part of this is to talk to your child about how they might feel when they open their gift. It's a reality that we don't love every gift we get, right? That's true even as adults, but we can still express gratitude for the person's thoughtfulness and the energy they put into choosing something special for us. And we can teach our kids to do this too, while still honoring their feelings, Because here's the thing, your child might legitimately not be excited about a certain gift. They might have been hoping for something else, and that is valid, but that's not what we express to the person who took the time and energy to give us that gift, and we need to teach them that. Our kids don't know that. Our kids are used to sharing their feelings without much of a filter, and it's our job to help them understand this is what we do with this feeling. This feeling is here. We can recognize it. And we can make a choice to do something that is still going to be a loving gesture to the person who took the time to get us this gift. So remember, all feelings are valid, even disappointment over a gift. Your child is not a bad child because they're not excited about a certain gift. That's okay. It's valid. Again, it's what we do with our feelings that counts. So to your child, you might say, You know, while we're at Nana's today, we're going to be opening some presents. Nana has picked out some special gifts just for you. Isn't that thoughtful of her? Now, the gift might be something that you like and you're excited about, or it might be something that you don't love right away. That's okay. But even if you're not so sure about the gift, you can let Nana know how grateful you are that she thought of you. You can say, thanks for thinking of me, Nana. And you can practice that with your child. You can even use play. Get out stuffed animals, get out your child's little figurines, let your child be Nana, let your child have a turn being the child and see where it takes you. But let your child practice saying, thanks for thinking of me, even if they're not feeling excited about the gift. We have to prepare our kids for these moments. If we don't, 
we are setting them up to fail. Because here's the thing, if your child opens a gift that they're not excited about, maybe something that they loved last year, but they don't love anymore, or something they already have at home, how many times does that happen, right? That somebody gets your child a Lego set that they would love. In fact, they would love it so much that they already have it. And your child's face might show, oh, I already have this. What am I going to do? You can prepare your child for this ahead of time. You can say, you know what? If you get something that you already have, there are so many options. We can donate it to kids who don't have as much as you do. We can go to the store and exchange it for something that you don't have yet. But at the end of the day, what we want to focus on when we're with Nana is making sure that Nana knows how grateful we are that she thought of us. And so you can tell her, thanks for thinking of me, no matter what you think of the gift, because the gift isn't the point. It's the thought that counts. And so we can teach our kids this. We can practice this. We can prepare them. Again, I think a lot of times we end up in this situation and our child responds authentically. Oh my gosh, I already have this. Or, but I don't like these anymore. I like this last year. Now I like something different. And then we get so angry and we're so embarrassed and we're going down that rabbit hole. Oh my gosh, I have this ungrateful, awful child. But that's not true. You have a good kid who's in a situation that they don't know how to navigate. And so if we can prepare our kids for the potential that, you know what, you might love the gift or you might not love it right away. And I like the words right away because sometimes we do have to warm up to a gift. Maybe somebody got us something that we don't even know about and it's brand new to us and we're not sure about it. But once we get to know it and start using it, we really love it. So I like the words right away to allow space for the fact that sometimes we can grow to love something even if we don't love it right away. And that the important thing here is to make sure the person who took the time to pick out the gift feels our gratitude for them thinking of us and for taking the time. So those are my five tips to help your child start to connect with, recognize, and then eventually express feelings of gratitude. We've got to stop forcing our kids to say thank you on command. We should be modeling our own expressions of genuine gratitude. We can notice and even label for our kids the moments where they're already expressing gratitude. We can start a family gratitude ritual. And we can prepare our kids for moments where they might be getting a gift and unsure of how to handle that moment. But now let's talk about the question that I think is probably on everyone's mind, which is, okay, But what do we do in the moment when our child receives a gift and doesn't say thank you? Or even the rehearsed, thanks for thinking of me. Maybe you've practiced, you've played, you've done all the things, and in the moment your child still freezes up. Maybe your child feels shy in that moment. Maybe you're around relatives your child only sees once a year. This is so normal. And if you haven't yet listened to my episode on shy feelings, you should go back and listen to that because these are so normal. And especially around people and in situations that kids don't experience all the time. So we have to understand that. But then you're in that moment, your child freezes up, your child won't say thank you or even thanks for thinking of me. And we start to freak out. We start to feel so much pressure. We start to feel like we're failing, like we're raising a bad kid. And so what do we do in the moment? Okay, first of all, We're going to remind ourselves, we're going to stop. We're going to say to ourselves, I have a good kid who's having a tough time saying thank you right now. That's okay. I can handle this. And then once you feel regulated, you have some options. 
you could notice out loud how thoughtful the gift was. Wow, that was so thoughtful of Uncle James to buy you a Lego set. He knows you love Lego. You could also say thank you on your child's behalf. Wow, thank you, Uncle James, for the cool Lego set. June loves Lego. You could also give your child options to say thanks when they feel ready. June, whenever you feel ready, you can say thanks to Uncle James with your words or with a hug or a high five. Sometimes kids are so excited that they need a moment to just enjoy that. And the person giving the gift is often loving just watching that excited reaction. And they're not necessarily putting the pressure on your child to say thank you. We put that pressure most of the time on ourselves. But you can absolutely give your child some options in that moment. You can give your child those options ahead of time and then reiterate in the moment. But if your child won't do any of those things, you can say out loud, wow, that was so thoughtful, or thank you so much for this gift. You can just model those words. Especially if your child is really young, you're going to have to do this through several gift exchanges for your child to start to understand and have a schema for what's supposed to happen, even if you practice. This is so normal. And then once you've done those things, let it go. Seriously, don't stress, don't push your child before they're ready. Your modeling and practicing, both in that moment and at home, will eventually make a difference. You have to trust the process. I think our worry here is that someone's going to think we have a rude or ungrateful child. And I get it. I have felt those feelings myself and I feel you. I know how heavy that can feel. But here's the thing I would argue that most people actually aren't thinking that. In fact, a lot of times the people giving the gift, they're so enjoying watching your child's excited reaction, opening it. A lot of times people understand that kids might not always be able to verbalize exactly how they're feeling in the moment. But even if the worst case situation was true, if somebody actually says something to you about your child not saying thank you, you can let them know. I know June loved your present and she's so grateful. She sometimes feels a little shy in these moments, but she really appreciates you, and so do I. You don't have to explain more than that. You don't have a bad kid. You have a normal kid who is figuring out how to connect with the feelings of gratitude and then eventually express them, especially to people they might not see all the time. And so you can model, you can say thank you on your child's behalf, and all of the talking and preparation you do ahead of time will be helpful, but it is never helpful in the moment to force your child, to punish your child if they don't say thank you, to put shame on your child. Why didn't you say thank you? You know better than that. That is so rude. None of that helps your child learn to do something different the next time. You're actually getting in the way of your goals. So I hope this episode was helpful. Your challenge for this week is to create a gratitude ritual if you don't already have one. Practice noticing and connecting with feelings of gratitude. If you're in the U.S., happy Thanksgiving. I'm grateful for all of you, all of you who show up every week, who choose to listen to this podcast. It really means the world to me. And don't forget, if you haven't yet, download your free copy of the Holiday Survival Guide for Parents, raiseresilient.com forward slash holiday. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've got this. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. 
So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.